Hello, everybody. Welcome in to Courtside Convo here um, on Impact 89FM. We are in the basement of Holden Hall in the sports studio again. It's another Thursday night. Um, a little smaller crew with me today. I got Carter Fry to my left, Josh Gutbrode to my right. Um, we have a little less controversial, um, some less controversial topics to talk about today, but they could turn into some controversial topics. It depends on on uh, on how much we care about uh, jerseys and how much we care about rookies making being an all star. We'll see. Um, but I guess we'll just get right into it. The first topic we're just we're going to talk about today: the new city jerseys uh, were have been announced for each team. I think um, some were announced or leaked prior, but um, today was the day um, every single team's jerseys were, were unveiled and, and rolled out. So we're each going to go through um, two or three jerseys that we like, two or three jerseys that we don't like, and we'll talk about it. We'll start with Josh. Um, what are what are a couple jerseys, a uh, couple city jerseys that you enjoyed um, that were just unveiled? Okay, so I did. I really liked the Rockets. I know it's kind of just like a throwback to something they've already done, but I think that's pretty similar to some of the best jerseys in their franchise history, so I think that's cool. I thought the the Pelicans, I like the purple, um, and I, I know we were talking about it before the show. I didn't put this on my list, but I do. I'm, you're, you're swinging me on the Pistons one because I didn't know that. I'll let, I'll let you get into it, but I didn't know the backstory on that, so I think that's pretty cool. But but those are those are – I didn't like a lot of them. I will say that I did. I didn't like a lot of them, but those are those are probably some of my favorites. I thought the Knicks one was was solid too. Yeah, I agree. I think the majority they might have to grow on me, but the pictures I didn't like. So I think, um, yeah, I, for the most part, I wasn't blown away by by all these jerseys. Carter, any well, what are what are some that you liked? Uh, the Thunder and the Mavs stood out to me. Um, I don't know the Thunder. They got the kind of reddish orange on the sides looks clean with the kind of dark gray and the light blue just kind of simple you know I think a lot of these jerseys try to do too much and they try to get really into these details of you know their origin you know and their connection to the city which you know if you're educating you know people on you know cool you know history and all that I'm all for it but some of these color choices and designs it's they're either it's either a cool design and a bad color choice or you know, cool color choice and bad design. So I, I really don't know what to think about a lot of these, but the Thunder and then the Mavs uh, kind of got the little retro Dallas font with the light green and white and then the blue jersey all around. So keeping it simple I think is good, but also playing around with the color is also kind of necessary, and I don't think a lot of these jerseys did that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, some some of the ones that stood out to me, first one, it I really like the Clippers, um, and it's kind of an ode to the Drew League, their, the logo that they have. Um, I like how it's, it is colorful um, behind the Los Angeles, but it's not too much. It's mostly black. Um, but I really like the Clippers, um, and I hope that they incorporate more color into their court because it's kind of, when the Clippers court seems kind of bland to me right now, just the normal one. So I think if they can um, infuse some of that color on the jersey um, under the court, that would be um, make make it kind of pop off the screen when you're watching on TV more. And my second pick, um, bit of a homerish pick, but I need something to be happy about um, in terms of the Pistons is is the Pistons one. And I get the argument um, that I can totally understand people saying they don't like city jerseys that stray so far away from um, the team's jerseys that in in ways that it, the franchise has never gone before. And this is. The Pistons have never been green or gold or, or, or this shade of blue. But the story behind it with St. Cecilia's gym where um, Jalen Rose's name is in the gym. He's That's where he worked out. Isaiah Thomas has played there. Um, Dave Bing, a bunch of Detroit legends have played there. Um, also, the three stars over the D representing the three championships the Pistons have won, um, I think is a nice little touch, and I think it's cool that Big Sean finally has his name on a jersey. He's been um, working with the Pistons for a few years, but none of his designs have been used until now or designs he's helped. So I think that's cool um, because we've heard about it for a few years. And um, also, I, I kind of like that it's different because when they were they went different with the Chrome before for the last couple years, and I hated those. So I feel like if you're going to be different, at least make it 
pop instead of just mo- like monotone gray that just says Motor City or or the Pistons because that was in my opinion that was pretty boring. I know some people liked them, but that was pretty boring to me. Um, now we're gonna flip to ones that we don't like, and I think there were more to choose from in terms of mm-hmm. of that. Um, in terms of the ones that that we don't like, um, I think I'll start really quickly. Um, one that I that really stood out to me just because I don't get and it could end up working out is the Warriors, just because they have that flower kind of fading on the bottom of the jersey, and I don't know how that's gonna look if you tuck it in. I don't know if if you're gonna be able to see the flower at all or see the top of it or not see it at all. Um, so I don't know. I think there's a little bit of potential there, I guess, but I was just confused by that design. And then second, the other one I did not enjoy was the Hornets. It just is bland to me. It's black with uh, the turquoise CLT on the top. And um, when when teams do that with just like the three-letter um, initials on the – and that's kind of – where your eyes go, that's also pretty boring to me. And the Hornets as a franchise have been pretty boring um, this year. So all in all, in all sorry for my Charlotte fans and because uh, their basketball team is boring and now their jerseys are. Um, we'll, go, we'll go back, Carter. What, do you, what are some that you didn't like? Uh, let me just say, I'm going to go on with you with that Warriors pick. It looks like they just threw a JPEG of a yellow flower onto <laughs> yeah. the bottom of it. Like It, it kind of does. It, looks, it, it just looks off. Like That should not be an NBA jersey. But I think the top logo is kind of cool. That's the one redeeming quality it has. But um, my two picks, if I had to have them, the, uh, the Phoenix Suns jersey, it's almost teal. Like, wh- where are we getting that? Like, I know we're, like, I know there's a, you know, a reason in the description on the website and, you know, I, I do agree with your point. Like, you can definitely stray from your team colors. But that combined with the fact that it looks like a practice jersey with that simple black and white logo, it, it, it looks like a practice, you know, penny. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it's just not, you know, I think an NBA quality jersey when you compare it to what a lot of teams usually wear. It just doesn't have that same official feel, which I think a lot of these jerseys are lacking and then my other pick would be the nets it's just a plain white jersey with a little bit of crayon writing on it like some someone got paid to come up with that i don't know i i I think those are probably my two least favorite in the league josh what about you um i i had the warriors as well it's kind of funny that we all didn't like that one another one that i didn't like was minnesota's i just how many teams in that division need a rainbow and white jersey I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Denver has one. Utah has one. I wouldn't be surprised if next year Portland has one because they don't seem to have any ideas for Portland because Portland looks like a Memphis practice or really a Vancouver practice jersey (laughs) because it does, you know. And I agree on the Phoenix one also. I I think, and the thing with the the changing with the colors, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with differentiating from what a franchise has always done, like what the Pistons are doing. I think it starts to get problematic when you're creatively just taking another franchise's colors and throwing it onto a franchise that hasn't used them. Like that Suns jersey not only looks like a practice jersey, it looks like a Thunders practice jersey. And that's just bad to me. Like that's that's really bad. I don't like that one. I don't I had the Cavs written down too. I don't like that one. I don't like Miami's. I don't like a lot of the ones that are just like Brooklyn's, like white with font. There's a lot of these that are pretty bad, but I I, I was going to ask about the Cavs one cuz I don't hate it for some reason and I feel like I get why you wouldn't like it and I I, I don't know why I just think the font is kind of cool I was just wondering what you what you don't sad. like about it I, yeah. I just don't it's not it's not even that I hate it like I, I, I think a lot of people will like it and I definitely think I'm on like the unpopular side of it I just really wish like the Cavs are one of those franchises that if you look through their retro jerseys they have some of the coolest retro jerseys in the NBA from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and they refuse to make any of these, like, city or, or whatever other, you know, alternate jerseys, like, paying tribute to that. And I think that would be really cool because they, they historically have had some of the cooler, like, with the blue and uh, blue and orange mm, or, like or, or the gold and, uh, like, the real gold and maroon from back, like, in the Austin car and bingo, like, with the short shorts and all that in the 70s and 80s before they went to the blue and the, and the orange. And it's it's not that I I, I hesitated to put the Cavs one because I, I do think it's better than a lot of the other ones I don't like. 
I just don't like it because as a Cavs fan, I wish they would stay truer to the cool jerseys from the past of that franchise. That's a fair take because I, I agree. I think those blue and orange ones, um, those are two of my favorite colors. And when they're meshed together, I, I think that, that creates a really a really fun combination. I'm in the minority here. I am not a fan of those. There's something really? about that shade of blue and that shade of orange. I don't like them together. The colors generally usually go, but I, I don't know. I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I love any. It's hard in, to for for me to dislike an orange uniform. I don't know why. I just that's just one of my favorite colors. All right, we're gonna get into some some real basketball here. And today we've got um, one representative for three of the five teams in the Central Division. So we're gonna we're gonna get a little. We're gonna check in on 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 each of those teams, and then we're gonna talk about kind of a crazy night of basketball last night. And then we're going to get into a new segment, in or out. Um, talk about some some storylines that way, and, and talk about if we're in or out. But we're going to start off. We'll let Carter lead us off um, um, because we we he we made him go last last time we uh, talked about our teams. So we can lead off with the Bulls here, six and seven, six in the East. Um, lost last night, one fifteen, one eleven to New Orleans. Demar Derozan though still playing like an All Star, averaging twenty four and a half, shooting fifty fifty percent from the field. Um, well, like, just what do you think about the Bulls so far? What's what's been different since last time uh, we checked in with you? Um, so last time we checked in, we had an upcoming game against the Celtics, lost that. Um, it and then who who else did we play? I it, so we're six and seven right now. It, what happened last year with not being able to close games is coming back to bite us in the foot once again this year. And obviously, we have a closer. When you have a closer like DeMar DeRozan, you'd think that wouldn't be as big of an issue. But we saw last night bobbled the ball on the inbound, you know, with the chance to tie it down three with just a few seconds left. You know, it's little mistakes like those that, you you know, you wonder, can this team get it together? And you hope, you know, if we can get Lonzo Ball back, which, you know, I saw something earlier this week that the team is confident. I think he's starting to run underwater I think I saw something about that, so that's a good sign. Again, they don't really know. I think they know what's up with him, but they don't know why it's persisting and um, why like it's it hasn't stopped yet. So hopefully we're, we get him back later this year and that turnover problem stops, and that allows us to be able to finish games because I think that's where we're really struggling. But the fact that we're in all these games, we've only lost one game by over 10 points all season, and that was to the Cavs. So respect to you guys. You, I mean, the Cavs have just been awesome. We'll get to them in a second. But, yeah, DeMar, 24.5, shooting. He's been, you know, maybe not the MVP level he was last year, but he's definitely, you know, in the running to be an all-star again this year, which is great for Bulls fans and Levine's playing well. Our depth is doing pretty good. Um, Patrick Williams has really brought it on this week. So the Bulls are kind of middle of the pack right now, but, once we get going and are able to finish games, I think we can rise upon the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I think the Bulls are one of those teams where it it's it's got to be frustrating, but like the biggest problems right now to me seem like, like the turnovers and stuff like that, but also depth, but they don't have a depth problem. They just have an injury problem that's causing a depth problem. So I think it's got to be really frustrating, but at the same time, it almost it shouldn't be because it's like, they're gonna bounce back. Like that regression is coming. They're you know they're gonna end up with a winning record. They're, they're they're not showing any real signs of weakness that shouldn't improve when Lonzo gets back and gets right. healthy. So I'm not really worried about the Bulls. I'm definitely kind of surprised that they've gotten off to this start. But then I also look at like you know I, I like what happened to Caruso. Like like some of these guys. Like you know like there's some there's some other stuff there where like these guys that were playing well like maybe were more of a flash in the pan than we thought. And, you know, like, the Sunmu's going to be, a, you know, a very solid player for sure, but he's probably being asked to do a little more now because Lonzo's for out. Sure. So once Lonzo's back, I think they're fine. I also think, like, the, the teams they're losing to are good. Like, they lost to the Celtics, like you said. They lost to Toronto, who's one of those teams that just, like, like they beat the Cavs. Like, they don't have a bad – they have two bad losses this year, but they were – like two and three point games. Yeah, exactly. I I'm not I'm not very worried. The only thing I might be a little worried about is is Vooch seems some to be losing a little. Yep. Yeah. He definitely is. Yeah. He's he's losing a little, and I think they kind of were <sighs> relying on like that three star approach, and I don't know if he's that anymore. Yeah, and that can lead me in 
to my next question. I just had before we move on to a different team. I was wondering, is there a move you think this team should make um, in season at the deadline um, or even before? Or do you think that this is the team that they're going to ride with throughout the season and into the playoffs? I mean, you never know with uh, Arturis Karstinovas. So what he does at the trade deadline, I we'll see as we get closer to December and where our injury report is looking. Um, I don't think we're going to be a team that makes like a huge splash, although I do think this team is still one piece away, and I think that one piece is a, so- a better big guy than Vooch, but I don't know that we'll be able to find someone that wants to trade one of their better centers for Vooch, especially midseason. So, I, I mean, who who knows? You know, people's value will be up in the air in, you know, what is that, two, mo- two and a half months? So when we get there, we'll have to see. I But I, I wouldn't think so. And I just also want to do a quick shout-out to Goran Dragic because he has been holding it down to that point guard position. You mentioned Caruso hasn't been, like, shown out as much, which is kind of true. He's kind of disappeared, but it's because Dragic's been just taken over. Him and I know I mentioned it last week too, but him and Drummond have been phenomenal this year, and I couldn't ask more of them right now. Yeah, Drogic's one of my uh, favorite players to watch. I felt really bad for him in the finals in the bubble um, when he was hurt for Miami. He was having just a great playoff and a great season, and his body just kind of failed him at the end of that. So it's good to see him bounce back um, and play some productive basketball. But we can move to the Cavs, and one of the best teams in the NBA straight up this year, which is – I think a lot of people thought they would be good. I don't know if this many. Pe- I don't know if many people thought they would be um, this good um, this early. But they're eight and three. They're second in the East, only behind Milwaukee, who looks like a juggernaut right now. But still eight and three. Um, Donovan Mitchell has been playing like an MVP. He's um, averaging nearly thirty-two points a game, four point two rebounds, five point two assists, almost fifty forty ninety splits. He's been um, every 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 facet of the game has just been incredible. And they're second in the league in net rating. They're at 8.9, um, only trailing Phoenix. Their net rating's um, higher than Milwaukee. Milwaukee is at 8. So, I mean, this is a team that has just been, like, they've won close games against good teams, but they're also blowing out bad teams, including my Pistons, without their two starting guards. Um, so, Josh, what is Donovan Mitchell a legit MVP candidate, and what – what else have you seen from the from the Cavs this year? I think he has to be a legit MVP candidate. I don't know how you can say he's not. You know, I, just because it's it's uh, the stats could be a little better, like with the rebounding and assists compared to other MVP candidates, because you have guys like Luca that are averaging almost triple doubles. But like guys like Luca aren't carrying teams to wins like Donovan Mitchell is. Aren't you know? Aren't closing out opponents like the Celtics like Donovan Mitchell is. And <clears throat> I think, and I've mentioned this before with the Cavs. The reason that they're eight and three and second in the league in net rating to me it has a lot to do with Donovan Mitchell, but also has a lot to do with what they're getting at small forward. Because I I've said it before, but I had no idea that Karis Levert was going to be averaging almost seven assists a game. I mean, that is just something about his game that that I don't think any but I, I would be I would bet the Cavs didn't see that coming because uh, and I know they like him a lot. I mean, they're starting him, but I mean, he's had a forty point game already. You know, he's he's had. Uh, you know, multiple assist, you know, high assist games. They got an, uh, an eight block game from Evan Mobley. Like uh, they have so many guys that can just take over a game in different ways that I think Mitchell should be a, a you know a valid MVP candidate. But they're going to have a lot of other guys that are like maybe finishing fourth, fifth, sixth in a lot of different different awards. Yeah, and um, before I'll, before I get to Carter, I just wanted to say that the Cavs have been. I love the way that they play, and I, I, they're one of. It's I, I feel like it's disrespectful to say a league pass team because they're. I feel like that's reserved for teams who are not playoff teams, but fun to watch. But that's just kind of I, when they're on. I, I tend to tune in because the way that they dominate on the inside and the outside with they just have, um, they have two dominant bigs, two dominant guards, and like you said, Karras has just slid in there at the three and provided a. A, sco- a massive scoring punch, which has been um, fun to watch, and I really think that this is a team that could make some serious noise come the playoffs. And and um, when you mentioned Donovan Mitchell and his points and I mean his rebounds and assists, when you play with with two bigs like Mobley and Allen, 
um, he's not tasked with getting rebounds either. And, sure. And also you got Darius Garland, who's a, who's a great playmaker. Um, so he's like, like you said, Luca probably has better counting stats because Luca is that entire team. Donovan Mitchell fits much more perfect, like fits much more. He fits perfectly around a lot more talent, which I don't know if that means if that makes it harder for, for him to win MVP or um, it, that's I don't know if voters will take that into account. But yeah, I I think that Donovan Mitchell is very much deserving of of MVP attention right now. Uh, Carter, you got anything on the anything else on the Cavs? Um, yeah, I mean, outside of Luca, I would agree. Mitchell's probably my MVP right now. And like you said, the Cavs, whenever I'm flipping through League Pass, there's maybe three, four teams right now outside the Bulls that if I see them, I'm turning them on. And the Cavs are for sure one of them. I mean, they're, they're must-watch TV. They, it kind of reminds me a few years ago when, you know, Jaw was just coming out and it was like, okay, you're tuning into the TV whenever Jaw's playing. And Donovan Mitchell right now, he, he looks phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I... I'm going to ask you the same question I asked uh, Carter about the Bulls. Is this the team you think that they ride with into the playoffs? You mentioned that three spot. Do you think they look at a at a small forward or they look at adding depth or you think that they're comfortable with what they got right now? I, I think they probably are comfortable now. I, I would have I would have been shocked if they didn't make a move, you know, heading into the season. But I mean, you know, if, if Osmond is gonna be doing what he's doing off the bench, you got Dean Wade as a viable option all of a sudden, and then Levert. I, like what because the biggest piece if they were gonna make a move was Levert. And now he's he's irreplaceable in your offense as one of your primary distributors. He he's so crucial to what they do on an every night basis as like because he can he's not an elite player but he can break you down off the dribble and with the pass and when you have a guy and and with a shot and so when you have a guy that can do that as your fourth or fifth option sometimes it's it's such a bonus that I I don't think they will make a move because I don't like Tobias Harris on this team isn't better because Tobias Harris like that was one of the moves I threw out there at the beginning of the year but he's not giving you seven assists a night he never will like that's not that's not a positive move for them, and I don't think that their front office is the type that will make like a, like a big all-in, you know, splash move just to make one. Like if they're gonna make a move, it's gonna be a move about fit and about chemistry, not about acquiring a star. If yeah. it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I was I saw <clears throat> a good, a good tweet today. Um, it was a photo of Kevin Love, LeBron, and Kyrie, like a Cleveland at a Cavs media day, and and was caption was. Who would have thought that Kevin Love would be the one to stay in Cleveland and end up in the best? In he he'd be in the best scenario in 2022, the end of 2022, which is crazy to think about. But it's ironic, yeah. The, the truth. Um, all right, I should have just got this out of the way in the beginning because now I got to be upset again. But the Pistons have had a few, um, a few flashes of potential and fun this season, but overall been pretty upsetting um they're three and nine 13th in the east one of the worst teams in the nba um Cade started off slow he got really hot in the last few games um has not been the greatest his shot hasn't been falling um and now he's his he had hurt his shin yes or yesterday against the celtics he's questionable for um friday's game against the knicks um but alec burks and marvin bagley are on their way back um, Alec Burks, I think, is um, probable to play tomorrow, make his Pistons debut in, in Madison Square Garden against his former team. Um, he's dealing with a foot injury. Marvin Bagley got hurt one of the first possessions of the preseason, um, which and it looked much worse than um, it ended up being, and he is probably a week away. And I, Marvin Bagley, I, I've never been the biggest Marvin Bagley fan, but watching this team this year, um, I think that he will add – a lot because they don't have a player over 6'10 that plays and I don't Marvin Bagley is no rim protector and not a great defender but he he also if you want to put him in that starting spot you can move Sadiq or Bogdanovich to the bench and that is um the Pistons starting five I, this um this was true 2 or 3 days ago I don't know if this is still true but they are the starting five of Jay Nivey, Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bojan and Isaiah Stewart um the is the highest scoring, um, highest scoring lineup in the NBA so far this year, and then their bench is one of the worst in the league. And 
I think that adding Marvin Bagley and Alec Burks to the mix would not, they don't seem like flashy names, but it could make this team more competitive night in, night out, and I don't think it'll add too many wins, but I think it'll take away some of these blowout losses because they just can't hang with any other team's bench. Killian Hayes has been, he had a good game, uh, he had the best game of his of the season um, a night ago against the Celtics, but other than that, probably has been the worst player in the NBA that has gotten minutes this year. Um, his shot is not falling. He's turning it over. Um, he's not getting to the free throw line. He's just not really doing much. Um, so that's a lot to say about Alec Burks and Marvin Bagley. But um, one more positive thing is that Jay Nivey has lived up to the number five pick so far, um, almost had a triple-double against the Celtics. And if K does um, is out tomorrow, Friday, when you're listening to this, um, if he's out against – the Knicks, I would put Jay Nivey on triple-double watch because he's played well against the Knicks in the preseason and their one game in the regular season, and he's going to have the keys to that offense if Cade is out. Um, yeah, and he's been um, great getting to the rim, putting people under the basket. Um, he's not He does not take plays off, which is nice. Even when they're down by a lot, it's nice to see that he's fully engaged. So, yeah, that is my piston spiel. I would love to hear what you guys say. I'd love to answer any questions you guys have, if any. I know it's been a a very lackluster start to the year for, for, for Detroit, but I still have faith in Troy Weaver, and I still think that people calling for Dwayne Casey's job are wrong. I think that he's fine. Do you think Dwayne's here for, like, the long haul? Um, I don't know. I think he's – I think he's – there's – He's here for this year and next year. And I think next year, since they, they signed Bojan to that two-year extension, so they will still have a lot of money, but they won't have the most money in cap space. But they will have money, and they're going to be going after, I think, more depth pieces than throwing it at one star, which I was curious what they would do with that. But the Bojan move kind of shows that they're. I think they're going to spread it out, which I think is smart because their bench is really bad. So I think next year is the year where you can kind of test um you can kind of test the waters with Dwayne Casey because they brought him in and not many coaches are would be willing to do this but he just won coach of the year was fired in Toronto comes into Detroit and they're still trying to win with a roster that isn't that great but he got I think he got the most out of those rosters with Drummond, Reggie Jackson and Blake Griffin got him to the playoffs twice um and then then it was a full-on tank, and he stuck around, and he's bought all the way into to, to doing that and and um, kind of uh, just trying to help these players progress. And not many coaches you go through that whole roller coaster, so I think it would be nice for him to, to kind of see the fruits of his labor next year if he can do that. That's a long-winded answer, too. I'm sorry. But, no, I don't, I, I, I'm, I don't think that he'll be here when they're – truly competing but I think he'll be here for the next two or three years and I feel like he's like good at being that guy like he's he's a good transition guy to yeah I don't know the the good the elite team that's that's coming in a few years hopefully yeah maybe maybe they maybe he's maybe he wins coach of the year when they take the leap and they fire him and then they get their Nick Nurse and they win the championship the next year I don't know I think I think they're they're May, I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to give them too much credit, but I think they kind of are playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers here because they already have the starting five. And there's a real scenario here where a guy like Bogdanovich is like a sixth man in a couple years, and he's already integrated, and he's already – and then you just have that firepower off the bench. So I, I think they're in really good shape despite despite the start now. Yeah, I agree. I just – it's just – it could be a lot of – I think Detroit sports talk has been really toxic recently because um, – because every De- every Detroit sports team has sucked at the same time, and um, Detroit fans are just kind of itching for one team to break through, and it just they've gotten luckier than like I think Pistons fans need to calm down a little bit because this could be a lot worse than it is right now. You got lucky with you got the first overall pick, which most franchises just dream of getting, especially. Um, in a in a draft class that had a, a true number one pick in Cade Cunningham. Um so that they got the hard parts out of the way and I think that Pistons fans are just um sick of watching bad basketball, which I don't blame them. And um and I think that when 
they average uh I don't know if it's the case anymore but I know after the Warriors game they average their home crowd was av- like ticket sales average was top 5 in the league so people will come watch this team if they're playing well and there is a lot of a lot of um hope and a lot of um people definitely do care so yeah I'm just kind of, I think I'm just trying to talk myself off the off the ledge here right well, now. But. Well, I was going to say that as a Bulls fan, I mean, we're kind of we're in a very short window right now with okay, like we got to win with this team cuz DeMar's not getting any younger, you know, Levine, you know, almost walked this off season. Like in 2 years, we could be looking at a whole different Bulls team and we could be rebuilding again. We, we don't know. And as a Pistons fan, I feel like I there's a lot of growing pains right now, I know. But 3 4 years, you guys are going to be excited about this team because yeah ivy cunningham duran stewart you guys are set for a while yeah and as a for the bulls i um i'm sorry i don't know how to pronounce your gm's name car carcinovus i think carcinovus I, yeah. I, I think i think he's even if um it kind of fizzles out in a few years he's made good draft picks patrick williams Dasumu, and the rest um i think that um he'd be a, he's a, proven to be Good enough to uh, as a as a GM to kind of shepherd a team through, the, um, like as a I, I like a lot of teams might be scared of being in the middle, but he seems like a guy who can kind of find the diamond in the rough in the lottery at the if they end up um, kind of at the end of like at the end of the lottery missing the playoffs um, in a few years. So I get that that kind of being worried about being at the end of a window, but I think that the Bulls are are good enough as an, in a good enough place as in an, as an organization that they'll be. Fine, and it's also the Bulls. They can attract more free agents than a lot of other places. Well, than a lot of other places, sure. But I will say, Chicago is a free agent destination. Besides getting, or we didn't even get to Rosen was a trade, right? No, I think. Or no, did he? Sign? Yeah, he signed. He signed. Okay, so we got. But, to that, Rosen. but he also he didn't really have very many other no. options. And, and I was going to say before DeRozan, we haven't had anyone in a long. We had Wade. I remember a lot of rumors like Anthony Davis. Boozer, Boozer was a big get. Boo- that oh, was oh, a big back then. Yeah. Yes, that, that's, that's way that's further. That's within yes. the last ten year, ten twelve years. Though, though. I mean, yeah, I mean those D Rose teams. Yeah. That, that's Bo- Bo- I guess that's somewhat recent. Yeah, but. Boozer was a big get. Was Gasol was a free agent? Gasol, Gasol was that was, a free agent? Yeah, Gasol was a free agent. I, yeah, but these aren't like top tier. No, these for are sure. Always like little fill in guys who can maybe be an all star for a year, but we're never get. We're never in the KD convert. We're some maybe yeah. in the conversation sometimes. Anthony Davis, sure. Yeah. But it, it never works. Wasn't out. LeBron? Wasn't there? Wasn't there like whispers about LeBron to Cle- or to to Chicago at points? Well, the decision it was between Miami, Chicago, and Cleveland. But each, yeah. but Chicago got messed up because D Rose wanted to do it on his own. I, re- well, I remember D Rose didn't want to move on from the Wall Dang. He no, was very loyal. <laughs> no, that was what it was. And, and was Chicago, that, as a Clevelander, Luol is one of my favorite. As a Clevelander time. that you know was a Cavs fan at the time when when LeBron was making that choice, it was Luol Deng. I remember reading that that Derrick Rose said that he didn't want to move from Luol Deng. They wanted to keep their guys and and do it their way. I respect it. Um, I I, I was I'm never I've never, never talked to you about this. What were your thoughts before the decision as a as a Oh, it's fan. I actually had the decision spoiled for me because I was watching it in the other room, and so my mom saw it like a second first and yelled it in. So I remember that. But it no, it sucked. But I mean, <laughs> did you think he was coming back? No, no, nobody did. Yeah, no, nobody that was smart enough to think about it thought he was coming. Yeah, back. Yeah, I guess if you go through all that, it's kind of lackluster just to say yeah. he's coming back to Cleveland. Yeah, but he did not come back, and he won. He won you guys a championship in the end. All right, let's move into last night. Um, Pretty crazy night. I I have on the on the on the show sheet here that NBA needs a red zone type of show for certain days of the week. Not every they don't need it every day of the week, but some days of the week when there's a lot of games on at the same time, I think that it would be awesome, and I'd be tuned into that for sure. It's a lot easier than flipping through uh, league pass to try to try not to miss all those moments because the games do tip off at the same time, so they end up there's not they're not like staggered so. All, they end at the same time. Well, did you see what they did on Monday? Yeah, they did stagger them on Monday. It was 15 minutes after the other. There wasn't a single game. Every All 30 teams played, and there wasn't a single game that started at the same time. Yeah, I think they should do that every night. That's no, a, it was cool. It's a good, it was a good uh, good setup. And a lot of basketball. It was too much basketball. I mean, I'm never too much basketball, but it was hard to keep up with everything going on. But last night, at the same time, um, there were two overtime games, and then another, we talked about the Bulls, but they, they lost two. Um, New Orleans in 
regulation, but that was still that game came down to the wire. But great game, yeah, it was Oklahoma City and Milwaukee. Uh, the Giannisless Milwaukee Bucks uh, went to double overtime, and Milwaukee behind on the back of Javon Carter's thirty six points and twelve assists and um won one hundred and thirty six to one thirty four. That game was ridiculous because. Shea hit a step-back three, which you have to re- respect his drive because he's one of the best drivers in the NBA, um, to hit a hit a hard step-back on Wesley Matthews, um, down two with seconds left, hits a, hits a three, a, a pretty ballsy shot, honestly, from Shea, but nothing but net. There was .6 seconds left. Um, uh, Milwaukee calls a timeout. The game is basically overall Milwaukee really has a time to do is, is – catch and shoot really quickly or throw a lob up to the rim and they they opted to throw a lob up to the rim to Brooke Lopez who kind of dominated all night down low and Lou Dort boxing out got called for a foul which it probably was a foul Brooke Lopez's Brooke Lopez misses the first and then makes the second to tie the game up they go to double overtime and Milwaukee um ends up winning in double overtime but man it just sucks for for Shea and the Thunder because that looked like a game winning three and it should have been but Milwaukee is just incredible right now. I think they're nine and one, ten and one. They're ten and one. Um, and then at the same time, Memphis and the Spurs went to overtime, and Ja and Desmond Bain each scored thirty-two, and they won one twenty-four, one twenty-two in overtime. And they're they're eight and four. Jaron Jackson still hasn't played this year, so that's a lot I just laid on you guys. Um, but yeah, this is all at the same time, so it was flipping back and forth. Great NBA action. First, we'll go back to OKC and Milwaukee. What do you guys, is there anything from this game that stood out to you or either of these two teams' seasons that stood out to you? I I think that the one thing that, so Milwaukee's been playing really well, but I do, I'm starting to see some small cracks in the, the defense for them because like, and, and they played well defensively in this game because I know they gave up 134, but it was a double overtime game. But, they some of they are getting a lot older, and they seem to have even though they're still winning the games. A couple nights where they're just a step slow, and 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 it hasn't hurt them yet. It has, but I think that maybe as we go on in the season, it's just something worth watching because that might come around come playoff time. Yeah, the, when you when you watch teams, you can definitely tell if a team is running around like you know they're and they look athletic. They're you know getting up and down the court really quick. And then there's the Bucks, who I mean they got all these old guys on the team, so it's you know not a surprise, but. Yeah, Wesley Matthews and George Hill giving you thirty plus min, you know minutes last night. Obviously, a double OT game. You had to have you know everyone play more, but you know they're old. Like you're not going to be able to get quality minutes all season long out of them. They're still fresh. It's you know early November. You know come March if they have injury problems, if Giannis goes down for a period of time, we might see this Bucks team slip. And like you said, defense is usually their thing, but they're slipping this year. Yeah, I, I semi agree but this is also a team that's missed Chris Middleton for most of the year as well so he's gonna he's gonna have fresher legs when he comes back and we saw I just don't I don't buy that Giannis is ever gonna at least for the next couple years like I don't know if anything can slow him down just we saw it the year he won the finals it looked like he in that Atlanta series it looked like he was seriously hurt with that knee injury and he comes back and only I, I think he played game one of the finals didn't he he didn't play that much but he played I think he came back or did he miss the first game of the finals I can't remember. either way he came back way quicker than any normal person should ever yeah, come back yeah. from an injury like that and then he also um, he has two MVPs he plays a lot in the regular season and and I know he gets he used to get a bad rap for choking in the playoffs but his playoff stats are still very solid, and he he put, had a fifty point game to to close out the finals a few years ago. So, as long as Giannis is on that team, um, and Budenholzer has kind of gotten uh, the monkey off his back in terms of playoff success um, recently. So, I I think that he's a really good coach, and I think that Giannis is, if not he probably if not the he's if he's not the best player, he's a top two or three player in the world, For and sure. he will be for. He's my number. One. He's my number one. I, I I think he's my number one as well. Um, in terms of, I, I wanted to touch on Memphis because I feel like we haven't talked about them that much this year, and I feel like they've ta- they've taken care of business this year at being eight and four. But I 
I think that um, we we saw were they the two seed last year, I believe. Yeah, and I I think that when Jaron comes back around um, the new year, I believe is when he's supposed to come back. I think that this is a team that could finish in the top um, top three or four in the, in the West again. And now that they have that that playoff um, experience under their belt, I I think that this is a team that could be a Western Conference final. Um, a Western Conference final team, and and then you never know once once you get there. Um, I, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, I, I, ja, whenever he steps out on the floor, he he could put up fifty. He's one of those players. And when you pair him with a guy like Bain, who's averaging twenty four points a game this year, um, I think eight and a half attempts a game. I thought I I saw. So he he's shooting the rock like crazy. You put someone like Jai who can cut in the lane like that, Stephen Adams. Uh, they're a solid basketball team, eight and four right now. Uh, they've had some losses that I think they could have flipped around. They got barely got the win against the Spurs last night, who surprisingly have been good to beat the Bulls. And when they played us, they did not look like the team that was projected to have the lowest win total this year. So this, between the Spurs being a surprise and um, and the Grizzlies being who the Grizzlies are, last night was a very talent filled game. Yeah, I I think the the Grizzlies are one of those teams that I, I don't worry about the Grizzlies because unless there's a, a serious injury, like Jaw's the type of player that will keep them at like a five, six seed floor. Like mm-hmm. like worst case scenario, you know what I mean? Like like because we're looking at some of these other teams like like we're gonna talk about Minnesota in the next segment and then like like Denver or like the Warriors that are getting off to some slower starts or lower than expectations. Like I seriously worry about all of those teams. And I was never very high on on some of those, but like some of them I was. But like Memphis, I don't think that even if I think that like Phoenix or maybe Portland are a little bit better, I don't think that Memphis is any any further down than like you know towards significant. Like like they're right there. They could beat Memphis or they could Memphis. They could beat Phoenix or Portland in a series. I think I would probably take each of those teams over them. But I don't know if I'm taking anybody else. You know, in in the West right now, I, I mean, and the West is the West seems down this year. There's so too. it's so weird. Yeah, it's it's, it's a weird. It era. was it was a total shift, and and it's the West seems very down, and a lot of the teams that I, everyone was hyping up, like Denver and Minnesota, just aren't click or the Warriors. Just, the Warriors are in twelfth right now. Yeah, like, what is that? Minnesota's Minnesota's not doing anything. I mean, we're they're, they're, we're already hearing t- uh, cat trade rumors. You know, D'Angelo Russell trade rumors and all sorts of things like that. Um, for the Spurs, though, I the, this Spurs team is fun. They remind me of the Andre Iguodala Philly teams, where they had Ooh, like six, where they had like six guys averaging tw- no more than twelve a game, and then like Iggy. Now, like Kelvin Johnson's averaging more than that, but like he kind of reminds me of like how Iggy used to be, where he's just kind of doing everything. He's like six five, six six, tweener guard, small forward leading that team. But then they have, you know, they just have so many guys that can give you 12 to 15 a night like if they need to. And it's 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 hard to compete with that cuz you look at teams like, you know, like the Bulls. The Bulls have a better starting five than anything that Spurs can throw out. But then you start getting to that 8th, ninth, 10th guy if the Spurs have a 10th guy that's going to get you 10 or 12, like the the Bulls aren't going to keep up with that like when when they're dealing with the injuries that they are. I mean, it's just not it's not feasible. Bro, throw Kieta Bates Diop in there. It's game over. And it's also it's just a testament to Pop. Like it just is because Bates Diop is like a guy that people thought was gonna be like out of the league. Right. In and, two and, years. And, but. and like or like Zach Collins. Like Zach Collins is not good at basketball. Like I this is just like I it, he's just not. Like he's an NBA player. Like, yeah, but he's not like a he's not a good NBA player. And they're getting productive minutes out of him. It's like one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It, it, Pop could win Coach of the Year if you know, just because of that. It, it, if this yeah. team makes the playoffs, Pop better get coached. Him or him or uh, Will Hardy, yeah. I mean, one of those two guys because because mm-hmm. I, I mean, first team to ten wins, Utah. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's just wild to be. It's just it, it's just crazy because I, I mean, you don't. A lot of those guys too were like really high profile trade candidates. Like everybody wants Pirtle. Everybody wants Keldon Johnson. Everybody wants all these guys, and they are. They were just like, no, we're just going to keep them, and they're good. Nobody thought they'd be good, but everybody individually liked all their talent. They just, for some reason, nobody thought that talent would lead to anything with like 
the second or maybe best coach in NBA history. I don't, I don't know. Everyone thought they were fill-in pieces, like the you know that yeah. last puzzle piece that a team needed. But they're all working together and you know doing it on their own. Yeah. One one more thing on the Spurs is I just love the way that they've drafted recently. We guys mentioned Keldon Johnson and 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 them, but Jeremy Sohan was a guy I was really high on. Um, his he's been great defensively, able to switch. Um, plays with a lot of energy and Devin Vassell is a guy that the Pistons um I, that I thought could have gone in place of Killian Hayes and I I love Devin Vassell's game as well so um yeah then you just throw Kelvin Johnson on top of that and all the other guys you mentioned and it's it's them in Utah we talk about we've talked about them a lot on this podcast but they're similar in in many ways Utah's more of a veteran they have more veteran players in that way but it's kind of just a collection of guys who are just playing well right now and they have a lot of them and if someone's off one night you got three or four guys that can pick up the slack and a lot of other teams um just don't have that the the same kind of depth in that way so it's interesting for sure all right the last segment we'll get to we're gonna in and out i'm gonna there are two things we'll talk about i'll bring up ask carter and josh if they're in or out on it and I'll, i'll touch on i'll give my opinion as well um first Paolo Banquero being will be an All Star as a rookie this year. Um, he's uh, the, a heavy, heavy favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Um, has been the best player on on the Magic already. And I'll just run through some names that the last time a rookie has made um, an All Star team was Blake Griffin in 2010. So it's been over a decade. But most of the names on this list. And, and unless you get back really far because their talent wasn't that, that great um, in the in the seventies or late sixties and seventies, but most of the names in modern NBA um, who who have made an All Star team um, as a rookie have been gone on to be Hall of Famers. And Blake Griffin, that he might be, that's like debatable. We'll see. But at, before him, Yao Ming in two thousand two, All or Hall of Famer, Tim Duncan, Hall of Famer, Grant Hill. Shaq, Dikembe Mutombo, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, Ralph Sampson, Isaiah Thomas, um, and then Larry Bird's down there too. But those are all I, – I didn't skip over names. Those are all in order. So, I mean, obviously I'm not going to jump to any crazy conclusions about Paolo's – the rest of his career, but that he would be he would be putting himself in some a territory that basically only Hall of Famers grace. So – are you guys in or out on Paolo being an all-star this year? Um, I, I'm usually someone that if I'm asked, will this person be an all-star, I generally say yes more than I should because I always forget how few spaces there are. And obviously at the end you'll get injury replacements and it ends up being a few more. But when when you look at his stats, I want to just go, oh, 23.5 points a game as a rookie. Yeah, all-star. But then you look at everyone else who's above him just on the points per game list and then you look around him who else is playing well this year. I I don't think he cracks that top. Is it eleven? Um, or players per, in in the East that make the All Star? I forget what the exact number is. But I think they. Is I think more? it's twelve, maybe. Twelve. Could um, be eleven. I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. I I think you're right with twelve. But um, yeah. I I just don't think he's in that top twelve of the I'll, Eastern I'll Conference. I'll count injury in. I'll count replace. He can if he gets in at all. I'll count it. So, okay. So he could be a replacement as well. I so I, my final answer will be I think he'll be one of those people that gets snubbed or he'll be like first mm-hmm. on the snub list. But I'll say no. Okay. I'll say I'm in, but as an injury replacement. Yeah. Because I think he's going to get like a front court nod, and there's a lot of guys in the East front court spots that typically skip the All Star game or get hurt around you know or hurt around that time of year. So yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna be out, but I want to see it happen. I think that'd be really cool, and we've talked about it before. He's quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the league, and I can't wait for him to get um, playoff minutes because um, I think that this is a guy that could take Orlando pretty far. Um, event once these guys either progress or they add players around him in Orlando. In Orlando, so yeah, I think that Paolo has surpassed all expectations and. My pick of Ben Matherin for Rookie of the Year looks okay. It would look, look good in any other year right now, but Paolo is just – it's not even a competition at this point in the year. So if he's healthy the rest of the year and playing even close to this level, he will be uh, holding that trophy at the end of the year. 
All right, lastly, are you guys in or out on the Timberwolves missing the playoffs? So by missing the playoffs, I mean they can make the play-in, like not making it out of the play-in. So that making the play-in doesn't count. They have to make that top eight, whether that be make the top six of the regular season or win in the play-in tournament. But they are five and seven right now. Um, I think I believe they're tenth in the West. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong on that. I believe they're tenth yep. in the West. But there are teams behind them like the Warriors and Lakers, and um, who have the talent for sure to win more games. Um. So it's not a guarantee that they're going to stay in that 10 spot. It's also They could also work their way up to the 6 spot. Who knows? Um, but are you guys in or out on the Timberwolves missing the playoffs, especially it's, they had such high expectations after signing Gobert and then setting up this what should be a big three with Anthony Edwards, Cat, and, and Gobert? Uh, I, I'm, I'm in on them missing. I, I've never been big on them this year. I've talked about that a little bit on the pod. And I wouldn't be surprised to see – Either D'Lo or Cat or both moved at this point, so I, I'm 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 in on them missing for sure. Uh, I'm also in on them missing the playoffs. I look at who's around them in the standings. I see the Warriors and Lakers passing them, and the only team that I think has the chance to dr- drop below them is the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, injuries are gonna come up throughout the year, and certain teams will, you know, fizzle out. But right now, I'm gonna be in on them missing. I'm gonna go out on them missing missing i think that ant will figure it out i've i think that he's going to end up being one of the uh he's going to he's going to take more of a leap this year he just got off to a slower start i think it's such a big change in the way that they played before so i think that um they'll they'll figure it out and i think that they'll make the playoffs um that is all that we have on the sheet today um i believe that we're all we're all ready to go it's a late night got some homework to do uh, some basketball to watch, Thursday night football to watch. So thank you for tuning in to Courtside Convo again. We appreciate you. Um, and go out, be nice to people, have a good day.